Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon, a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army coach, and former Army officer. Um, real quick, we have uh, Steve Anderson here. We have Seth Mendelson, and we have Brendan in Jersey. We're going to recap the Coastal Carolina game, Army's 28-21 win. But first off, I want to give a shout-out. Um, this is a Joe Ross connection here. Um, Pat Work, former Army football player, who was a captain with Joe Ross in 1994, I believe. Uh, Pat Work assumed the, uh, assumed command of the 82nd Airborne Division on Friday, I think it was. He he uh, assumed command. I wrote a story about it for the website, and that story is the most clicked story I think we've ever had on the Black Knight Nation website. Um, the interaction with it has been incredible. That tells you how well-respected Pat is. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you've ever had any contact with pat work we had him as a guest on the podcast two years ago i posted that within the story i don't know if you've ever run into pat on the military side but i know he's i mean to get that position he's a pretty well respected guy so um just i don't know if you had any quick thoughts on that before we review the game no i, I uh, echo everything you say i mean everybody who's worked with pat knows uh, uh a very intense individual and uh you know, you're going to come to work. I, I think uh, if, if you watch his incoming uh, change of command speech, um, it says everything about him as a leader. And I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it was on the Internet. And, uh, you know, you have all these generals talking and then they hand it off to general work and general work literally just says he just takes command of the 82nd. And he just says, y'all look, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but y'all look great. But you also know leaders' actions speak more than the words. Let's get ready to get to work. And that's it. That was his entire speech. Wow. Pretty and, short and sweet, yeah. Um, I think a lot says that that's that's just who he is um, down to his core. Um, and that's how, you know, talking to my mentors, that's how he was as a player. Um, and that's what he's been uh, as a leader. I actually got to serve in – um, the Iron Rockets Sons, 3187, 3rd Brigade, 101st Airborne Division. And that was a battalion he commanded when he was a lieutenant colonel. Uh, hmm. And actually was the first unit I tried to go to out of the academy. And then um, they ended up deploying and uh, he just told me to go somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stories about uh, General Pat work. Um, and uh, glad that he's part of the Brotherhood for sure. No doubt. I have to step away for a second, so I'll let you guys carry on some conversation. Well, maybe we'll get your opening thoughts on the Army. Again, congratulations to uh, Pat Work on, on assuming the command of the uh, 82nd Airborne Division. And now um, maybe we'll get – see, maybe you could start us off with some thoughts on that 28-21 win against Coastal. I'll be right back. Yeah, no. Um, so 28-21 win. Uh, they decided to make sure we tuned in to the last, very last minute. Um, which was, which was great. I couldn't step away because I had to make sure we won. I didn't want to move too much to jeopardize right all, <laughs> all my, um, um, uh, you know, whatever you call it, you know, things that I have. But um, yeah, no, I, I think the big thing here, and I'll turn it over to uh, Brandon here in a second because I, you know, Brandon or Seth probably want to talk about it. But um, you know, we did some under center, huh? How about that? We did, we did some under center, and I think it's kind of the natural, I, I mean, at least for me, I felt like this was always a natural progression that we would eventually get to after we got 
the offense down. I mean, I really do believe that this was always the plan was to be a hybrid, but we couldn't go to it until the coaches felt comfortable enough that we knew, you know, exactly how to operate out of the shotgun. Um, and I, I thought for the most part uh, in this game, I think we went under center when uh, it was, you know, what do you call common sense or, you know, appropriate. Um, and we stayed in our base shotgun offense uh, when I thought it was appropriate. So, you know, turn it over to you guys. Uh, uh, so I I ended up tuning into the game about 20 minutes in. So it was 7-7 by the time uh, I, I was up and running, which, you know, didn't surprise me. That's kind of how I figured the first quarter would go. But then when I noticed that they were running uh, – running pretty much everything from under center, I was like, oh, I guess it really is senior day. Um, going going uh, back to the future uh, to, you know, turn a phrase. But um, kind of the, the, the two major takeaways I have, um, one is I, I kind of got what I wanted in the opposite way that I expected because um, really I just wanted the offense to look good heading into Navy. Um you know, especially the passing offense, which they didn't really do. But hey, the offense looked great <laughs> um, for the most part yesterday. Uh, I mean, like, uh, like every unit showed out. Um, I would say this only only special teams was like, uh, I would say perfect. Um, but uh, I mean, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, every, all three phases balled out. And then, kind of the the second big takeaway for me is. And uh, I wish I could remember who, who's kind of like said the thing that got me on this train of thought, so I could properly credit them. But it was in it was in some chat that I was reading. But to me, Army going under center for this game was is like a big shot at Navy. Um, it's I, I, I'm, I'm going to make an analogy here. This is this is like real history nerd stuff. But there are certain historians who, when they look at the you know the the uh, dropping of the atomic bomb on Japan, it's like that. What what they what they read is they those re, those bombs were physically dropped on Japan, but psychologically dropped on Russia, saying hey like don't mess with us. And I think going under center. Uh, in yesterday's game was a big shot at Navy saying like, Hey, we can on a whim basically do what you're trying to do on offense and do it better and do it against a way better opponent than you've beaten this season. Uh, So be prepared for that. In addition to everything else that we've installed this season and good luck. So Hmm. that's my big takeaways. Go ahead, Seth. Uh, I'll go now. Um, you know, I was in the press box, and you're not allowed to uh, to cheer in the press box. We get yelled at, and um, last game somebody got yelled at. Wasn't me, uh, but I got to tell you, everybody was super shocked and super surprised, and at the end, super happy. All the Army fans, and there are a lot of us up there, um, with what happened. Um, I think they went to um, they they went to this uh, under the un, under the uh, center offense from the get-go um the coach uh munkin made it clear to us uh, afterwards that um they were gonna do it and see how it goes and it went so well they never walked away from it they uh, i think sal i think they only had one play uh shotgun 
Yeah, that uh, champ, that champ Harris play right out of the shotgun at the end of the first half. Yeah, I, I think I, my opinion is they wanted to win the game. They, of course, they want to send a message to Navy, um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We'll see what happens in the Navy game. It's going to be tough to do both here because you have. Well, we'll talk about that, but um, they wanted to win this game, and um, this was a way for them to win the game. Uh, we had uh, the performance of Riley of Buchanan. Uh, of um, of uh, of our quarterback uh, was was just spectacular. Uh, Daly was just you know just unbelievably well played. The offensive line played, in my opinion, the best game they played all year. Um, Sal, no holding calls. I don't think any holding calls. Yeah, I can't remember one. Yeah. I can't remember one. No holding calls after five last week. Three on one player. Um, and I'll tell you something, I watched that one player. Uh, he played a great game um, yesterday. Um, so I, I thought I was very impressed with with what Munkin did in a week. Uh, he walked away from the offense that he had for this year. He committed to it. And you know, maybe they've been practicing for more than a week. I don't know. But he, he, he installed a different offense, and it worked. And it shocked everybody. You know, my lead in the story on, on Black Knight Nation is surprise, surprise, surprise. And I was pleasantly surprised. You know, we saw the first, and I'll finish on this, we saw the first play, and we all said, oh, under center. And then the second play, and then the third play. And it was working. Um, so, hey, kudos to the coach and kudos to the players because they did great. Yeah, my my opinion is going to be a little bit unpopular, I think. Um, I think, well, just a little bit different. I think that this is something that they could have gone to earlier in the season. If you can prepare for this in a week, there's no reason why you could have uh, inserted a few plays here and there in, a, in the bye week or, you know, going into Troy. I guess they figured that – or UMass. I guess they figured their offense was going to be okay against those teams. It wasn't. I mean, when your offense is scoring – one or less touchdowns in four out of your, you know, 30 year games. Why did you wait till week 11 to do this? You know, did you wait till week 11 to install it so it could be ready for Navy? Maybe, maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. But, you know, I think that if you had installed this a little bit of this offense earlier, maybe there'd be some different outcomes and maybe you wouldn't have to be hoping for this or that to potentially play in the postseason and stuff. So, I mean, that's my take. Um, I think that, you know, Coach Munkin said in the last two days of practice that they had before Coastal Carolina, they ran about – man, if I, my math is probably off on this. I think they ran about 120 scripted plays and 36 were, like, under center, if my math is right. So about a fourth of the plays in practice. So I guess they weren't anticipating using it all game. But, you know, another thing we got to get to is Cody Worley calling the plays, the quarterback's coach calling the plays from the sideline calling the plays from the sideline. All the under center plays came from Cody Worley, not Drew Thatcher, um, per Jeff Monk in, in his press conference. And um, so, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, Cody Worley did have experience. He called the bowl game in 2021 when they played West Virginia because Brent Davis was uh, had COVID. Um, so it wasn't his first game calling plays for Army. But, I mean, seemed to be pretty good for me. It seemed like I forget. I was watching Seth. I might have been up in the press box in the third quarter, maybe not. But there was a play where they had a big run, right? I think it was a Riley big run, and then they followed it with a pitch play on the next play. I'm like, yes, that's how you call the play. You soften them up on the inside, and then you get to the outside. You don't try and end around on first down to begin the game. 
you know, you don't do that stuff. I mean, you're not fooling anybody. I mean, that it was sense. It made sense. The play calling made sense on Saturday. That's, that's so. Can I, can I ask the question? You think it's possible that Munkin just got tired of the uh, shotgun? I'll ask all you guys. Is it possible that he finally said, "I've seen enough. Let's give this a try." And if it didn't work, we go back to the shotgun. But you know, it's you know, like after after being four and six, and listen, that that game against Holy Cross was kind of a uh, a difficult game. They, they had right. a chance. It should have been a difficult game, right? It should not have been. Is it possible that after you know losing to Wake to um, I'm sorry to um, um, uh, UMass, um, and then just barely beating uh, Holy Cross, that maybe he said, you know, it's enough here. Let's try something else. Let's see if this works. If it doesn't in the second quarter, or maybe at halftime, we'll go back to the shotgun. That's what I think he did. Uh, he kind of gave up on this real uh, quick, real quick. And we'll get Steven Brennan's take on this. He told Tony Marino after the game, Tony Marino posted on his Twitter account. He's a good follow on Twitter X. He's a sideline reporter for army. He told Tony Marino, the product, they were just not being productive out of the shotgun offense. They need to try something else. They need to put points on the board, you know? So this is a way that they thought they could chew up clock. They could tire out the opposing um, opponent's defense. They can keep the opponent's offense off the field and it worked. So I'll, I'll let Steven, I'll let Steven Brendan chime in. Go ahead, Brendan. Um, so Sal, I, I definitely agree with you. That's, that it uh, that yeah, like what they did yesterday opens up questions about the season, and I think it's fair to ask that. However, I would say, um, you know, I mean the 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 teams they've beaten, other than Coastal, you know, UTSA quality, Air Force quality, um, so it's like they they have they have beaten quality teams uh, with the shotgun offense this season. And, um, you know, I, and I also know, <laughs> I also know that, you know, the whole, the whole program and the coaching staff, they put the Navy game on another level and, um, you know, they are willing to make sacrifices earlier in the season. If it means having, you know, an extra trick in their bag against Navy. And I mean, uh, I mean, you know, football coaches across the country, uh, <laughs> sometimes do, do crazy things. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this anecdote before, um, but my my high school alma mater, and this was some years after I had graduated, but they were in um, they were in a state sectional title game uh, in New Jersey. So it was it was as far as they could go at the time. Uh, I think they were I think they were even leading at halftime of the state sectional game but they had had a couple of like close calls over the years and they just wanted to make sure that they were going to do everything to finish the job. So in the second half of the game, they come out in a wildcat offense that they have not shown like ever in the history of the program. And they steamroll their way, uh, you know, to, to, to get the victory. So, uh, you know, co you know, coaches decisions can seem, uh, arbitrary and, and unreasonable to, to us fans at times. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, if, if we, <laughs> if RB beats Navy and the CIC trophy is going home to West Point at the end of the season, I can forgive a lot of things. So very true. Very true. What do you think, Steve? Um, well, you know, my, 
again, we're, we're fanatics, right? That's why they call us fans. So we're going to, we're going to be poking holes and everything. Uh, I agree with Brand. We've had some great wins this year um, in the shotgun. Uh, do I think this was the first week we've gone under center to do this? No, I think it's always been part of the, I think it's always been part of the kit. Uh, you know, 20% of the plays, 10% of the plays. And I think there's probably a combination of, you know, Hey, let Let's go under center today to start the game. Let's just see how it goes. And we just kind of went with with how it went. Um, I think there is something to Brandon's point of, uh, you know, just just reminding Navy, hey, we do this just fine. So good luck practicing uh, the next couple weeks and figuring out which way we're going to come out or how you're going to defend us when we do come out. Um, but overall, I – for me, more than anything, uh, I just really enjoyed watching all 11 players on offense be comfortable. It was yeah. it was extremely comfortable. It, it's, it was very evident that they all were very comfortable in that offense. Um, very, uh, you know, I always go back to unconscious competence, right? A lot of muscle memory. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, like we said, no holding calls or one, I think, or, or maybe zero. But it was back to that kind of unconscious competence where we're going to call a play, you're going to snap the ball, and you're going to do exactly what you know how to do because you've done it 10,000 times. Uh, so that that was refreshing for me. Um, and then as I look at the, you know, as I look at the – you know, at, from a defensive player's mind, mindset of, well, shit, they they just annihilated Air Force with a different offense, and then they just punched Coastal Carolina in the mouth with this offense. So now I've got, you know, basically twice as long to prepare, or, or I've got twice as much to prepare for um, and make sure my guy, because there's a different mindset in both those offenses. I know we want to pretend – that there's not a different mindset in both those offenses. Like, we're still Army football. We're still running the ball. We're still RPO. And it it is a hundred percent different when you got old Buchanan 260 coming at you in one second versus you know uh, you know a play that takes time to develop. So uh, as a defensive player, it makes me uh, extremely excited that Navy has to figure that shit out. Uh, but as a fanatic, right, as a fan, I really enjoyed just watching Army's offense just feel very uh, relaxed and, and doing something that that obviously came natural to him. Yeah, you know what? Um, I guess the players were asked, um, Tyson Riley and Bryson Daly were at the post-game press conference. They were asked, well, hey, how did you do this? And, um, you know, Bryson Daly said, hey, the bank reps, right? The bank reps that they've been doing it for you know, look at the, how many – and Coach Munkin said, how many times have Tyson Riley and Jacoby Rucannon run those plays in their Army careers? Thousand? Over a thousand times? Oh, my and, God. 10,000. Easily 10,000. You know, I mean, they, they could probably they could probably run those plays in their sleep. You know, they could probably close their eyes and probably found the hole in that. Those who have been waiting for that play to be called all year. Okay? It's not like that with that. That's like, oh, it's not like that play was called when they were in the huddle and like, oh, shoot, what do I do? They were like, 
<laughs> I've done this 10,000 more times in my head waiting for you guys to call this for me. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, like, you got to give – so it's senior day, right? And Tyson Riley, Jacoby Buchanan are both in their, playing their final game at Mikey. Ajahn Marshall's playing his final game at Mikey. They're back to playing that, you know, under center, we'll call it flex bone, whatever they were, whatever variation they were using on Saturday. And it just felt right, right? It just felt like old times. And it just felt like, man, it's got those guys, Tyson Riley, Jacoby Buchanan, they've made some major sacrifices this year. Maybe sacrifices is the wrong word, but, you know, Jacoby's a, mostly a blocking back this year. Tyson's going to play H back and be a tight end and catch two touchdown passes, you know? He had three carries, Seth, three carries in the opener, no carries until Coastal Carolina. And he just picks up, you know, the fact that they're able to do that. And yes, we know they had the bank reps, but you still got to go out on the field and 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 complete the, the play, right? And, and finish the play. And Coastal Carolina's defense is pretty athletic. You know, no, they weren't ready for it, but they're not they're pretty decent defense, so. I think this shows why we why why Army did not use these guys during the regular season as much as they did in the past. They they're big. They're they're not that fast, especially Buchanan's not that fast. And they went with speed because they needed to because you're lining up with a quarterback five six yards behind center, and you need everything has to be it has to be speed because you have those five six yards to make up. Suddenly they're lining up differently here. And now you can go with power. And the power worked. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see which one of these um, uh, these offenses they utilize because they can't they can't do both because you're going to have two different guys calling the offense now. You're going to have Thatcher calling if they go with the, the shotgun. And you're going to have – what's his name, Cody? Uh, going, going Seth, to, Seth, Cody Worley. Cody Worley. You know, Cody Worley. You have, you're going to have him – Calling the plays if they go with the under the under the center, so it's going to be interesting. It's it's not that it's not going to be easy to switch back and forth. I'm almost impossible. I um, you know what I Brendan. That's that's no more crazy to me than sending in a quarterback in on like uh, each different series, which we've seen to various effectiveness over the past few years. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like at this point, I'm just kind of like, listen, like whatever alchemy they want to try, if it works and they kick Navy's ass, like I don't really care. No, you're right. You're right. Well, I want to go back for a second because look, is it there's a lot of and we're 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 kind of used to seeing it here at, at Army and, and and across the board, but there's not a lot of players that can be the focal point of an offense for two to three years and then just essentially get, you know, pushed aside and say, hey, we're, we're changing everything up. And then in, in arguably one of the largest games of the year, say, hey, we're calling on you again and the guys are ready. Um, and it, I think it just goes back to a testament of what, what kind of people – and what kind of players Army football has throughout their formation. And, look, I'm a little biased, of course, but that is that is not something you'll see a lot of 19, 20, 20-year-olds, 20 21-year-olds be able to handle 
um, throughout their careers. You know, it's, you know, what they could have easily, well, not them because of West Point, but yeah. most likely if the transfer portal was open, those guys yeah. would have been gone um, in, in a heartbeat when, that, when spring install came in. So, um, love seeing that. Love that. You know, I saw the comment about Aijon. Like, love that he got TD. Love Riley and Buchanan getting the mix yeah. on scene. Poetic, in a sense. Um, and, you know, we, we've got these, you know, back to your guys' point. We've got these two offenses now that we've seen a lot of six. You know, we've, we've had a lot of success, and we have a very small survey size of success in one offense. And then we have, you know, basically the 50-50 offense um, where a lot of times, in my, in, from my point of view, like the defense has helped out the shotgun offense quite a bit throughout the season. Um, so uh, I, I, I agree with Brandon. Hey, whatever, whatever concoction they want to do, um, we've got two weeks. Yep. Yeah. That's, um, Let's make sure that the concoction is right, and let's go execute. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. They're, they got plenty of time to prepare. You know, yeah, they're going to give the guys a break during the Thanksgiving you know, holiday, but they're going to give the guys probably a plan in their minds of what they're going to do against Navy, and, you know, they're going to do the mental reps while they're gone and then come back and get ready to roll. Um, just want – let's get a comment up here real quick. Um, um, Ari's Art saying I can – See Army being competitive in the AAC. Do you see them being able to contend for an AAC title in one of those special seasons where everything comes together like 2018? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, when – I mean, even, even this year and last year when – well, not so much last year, but I guess more this year, like – although – I mean, last year they went toe-to-toe with Troy, who was like, you know, a really, really quality Power 5 team, like probably should have won that game. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, they beat UTSA this year. UTSA might be in the AAC championship game. Uh, They beat Coastal, who might be in uh, the Sunbelt championship game. And, um, you know, yeah, I I just – I think – I think they've shown that they can certainly beat the the teams, <laughs> you know, who are who are the, uh, the the towards certainly towards the you know ninetieth percentile of uh, the group of five um, on a fairly consistent basis. Um, you know, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, it's like it comes it comes down to, to blocking and tackling and and especially turnovers. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, for as for as much as people have been, uh, you know, piling on uh, the the offensive change this year, it's mostly been turnovers. Pretty much, I would say, pretty much unrelated to whatever offense you're running. It's you know, it's turnovers down the field when guys aren't covering up the ball um, in traffic um, and you know, and fumbling it. Um, so you know, all this time. The tale of old as time, man. Yeah, Back to I mean football. Yeah, I, I, and I've, you know, certainly, I mean, I, I know, I know, you've talked about this, Steve, where it's like at the end of the day, it's like compete level counts for a lot, and um, you know, I, I know I've said this before, you know, like I've seen Army go toe to toe with 
uh, you know, Iowa State and Texas A&M running a pro style offense. So, you know, like <laughs> there's 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 a lot for showing up and just kicking ass. Yeah. Let's get to another comment before we talk more about the Coastal game. Yeah, um, Mike Falowski, excellent offensive performance and our most talented running back, Guido, didn't even play. Well, I mean, he's the most talented running back maybe in that shotgun, the gun option. But, you know, um, certainly Tyson Riley, I just saw, you know, how Jeff Munkin gives out the, the team gets out their players of the week awards. Uh, Tyson Riley got the offensive player of the week award and it says uh, RB slash H back Tyson Riley <laughs> on the right up man hey put him at quarterback probably put him at you could probably put him in a lot of places on the field and Tyson Riley would have got the job done so uh, uh real quick I uh, wanted to talk about um special teams again against Coastal uh Jabril, Jabril Williams involved again in second straight week involved in the block punt this time Brett Jarena gets the, the block uh Jabril Williams bounces right to him he returns it for a touchdown um, big play in the game, right, Seth? I mean, big, big, big you, kids win the game without it, probably. Puts it puts Army up 21 7, uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know, very impressed, you know, very, very impressive thing. And I agree with you, special teams did, did their job again, um, like they did against Holy Cross and uh, for much of the season. Um, all you know, all, all the extra points were made. There were no field goal attempts. Uh, we we talked to the press box about whether they should have went for it on that fourth and was it one or two uh, uh, in the, in the fourth quarter. They they decided to go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Uh, but um, you know that was an easy chip shot. Hopefully he would have made it if he had the chance. But he didn't get the chance. And uh, but having said that, special teams did everything they were supposed to do again. You know, I watched that play from the stands. I was. Uh in the stands for most of the game. I thought Noah short might've got um, his hand might've blocked that punt. I'm like, Oh no, it's the Noah short Jabril Williams connection from the Navy game last year again. Right. But it was Brett Jarena. Um, I incorrectly credited Noah short on, on Twitter uh, when I'm on my phone in the stands trying to do some updates and stuff. But uh, man, Jabril, Steve, do you remember a guy on special teams? I'm trying to think, I know Andre Carter was able to block some field goals and stuff like that, but to block punts, or be involved in the punt block like Jabril Williams has been the last two years. I can't really recall in recent memory a guy like that on special teams. Yeah, no, I mean we had Victor Eugenie was pretty good at it. Um, we used to put him, you know, he was a DN by trade, but we used to put him in the middle, um, get a push with like guys like Ted Bentler and Mike Gann, and then Vic, you know, big six five, six six guy, uh, a little bit of vert, stick that seven foot reach up. He used to get some blocks, not uh, not like these guys are doing it, um, but uh, he was always pretty effective. Uh, and I don't remember how many, but he, he was part of quite a few uh, back in the day. Uh, and other than that, um, you know, before before he was involved in a lot as an underclassman um, before he didn't play that much. But um, a guy named Rod Murray. Uh, when we were freshmen, when we were freshmen and sophomores, he was always around blocking punts, blocking field goals, um, quite a bit. Um, uh, but you know, his uh, he he couldn't play uh, junior and senior. But other than that, um, no, I mean it's it's, it's it's there is no more momentum shifting play in football. I don't care if it's a. 80-yard touchdown 
uh, on offense or, you know, a pick six, when you don't have the, like, the offense and defense out there and the special team makes a play, it erupts everybody. Yeah. It gets everybody fired up. And it is – it can be, you know, it can be game-changing. And, uh, you know, Seth's point, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we win the game without it. No. And here's Mike Falowski saying Xavier Moss blocked a few punts a few years back. Um, in the yeah. Army-Navy game, I think – Either he blocked a punt or Josh Jenkins blocked a punt, and the other one returned it for a touchdown. I yeah, forget. J- Jenkins Jenkins blocked it, and uh, Moss scored the touchdown. Yeah. I didn't just recall that. I had just happened to be looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember it in my head. I, I remember re- re- reliving it a little bit. But um, Josh Jenkins was a pretty good guy to get go after yep. punts too. Yep. Um, but Jabril Williams is only a sophomore. You know, and he is a guy who's probably like the third or third guy on corners. But to make that impact on special teams, I mean, is is pretty impressive. He's a guy from Illinois, uh, Julia, Illinois. I believe that's Jeff Munkin's hometown. I could be wrong. I think Jeff Munkin grew up around that area. And man, they found a really special teams ace in Jabril Williams, and I think that's key. Um, real quick, um, Steve, what did you see from the defense in this game against in the Coastal win? Uh, man, Leo Lowen, man, uh, he's, he's all over the field. Uh, really fun kid to watch. Uh, what I did like, what I, what I thought personally from defense was I, they had big plays, right? Like Coastal had some big plays, but I don't, I don't think they dominated the line of scrimmage. I, I feel like Army dominated the line of scrimmage. I think they had one or two like sustainable drives that were, you know, really like, oh, man, like, we got to hold our ground here. But really, it was the big play. And honestly, going back and watching those big plays, you know, as much as I don't really like to say this, I, I just think those guys were better than our guys on those plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't see, like, a misassignment or miscommunication or um, some confusion out there. I just think their players made – better plays on that play and uh yeah like they gashed us and, and took it to the house and you know made us go back you know with our tail between our legs like okay well we can't let that happen again even though i think it did happen again um, yeah but other than that um i i i think it was just a uh you know basically you know their players just outplayed us on that player our guys got caught looking the wrong spot um which you know we, we have, you know, for, I would say across the board um, that, you know, that, that can happen with, with a younger team um, and, you know, trying to make something happen where uh, you don't necessarily need it to happen. Yeah. Um, Jared Brown had that big play, 59 yards for Coastal's first uh, touchdown. Yeah. The, the jump ball in the end zone, I mean, Sam Pinckney made a play. You know, Casey Larkin was underneath them. Sam Pickney went up and got it, you know. Um, not much you can do there, really. And, um, you know, it comes down to an onside kick, but, you know, this game comes down to an onside kick in the, in a, with under a minute left. So, Well, let's talk about the, the, the interception in the end zone, which, um, oh. I think, uh, which I think was caused by the defensive line 
pushing their quarterback into a corner there as he came around. And he yeah. really had no place else to throw the ball. He either had to throw it out of bounds or eat it or whatever. But he, we, they forced him into throwing it, and Hammonds was there was there again to make a you know a, a touchdown saving interception. I, mean, I don't yeah. know if the other guy would have caught it or whatnot, but that would have tied the score if my memory is correct. I think that would have tied it at twenty one if they would have scored there. Um, instead, you know, it's it's now twenty one fourteen. Army comes and comes down and takes a you know twenty eight fourteen lead and. You know, they score late and it comes down, like you said, it comes down to the onside kick, uh, which nobody wants anything to come down to. You don't want it coming down to the onside. Kick. It'll take it if there's no other choice. But, um, you know, the bottom line is they, uh, they they dominated that. that, that you, the two key plays to me, the three key things to me was the offense, total offense, the, yeah. the block run for a touchdown. And then that that interception changed everything. Yeah, Q Hammonds has really stepped it up, third pick of the season. Uh, he's making plays. He's almost providing that presence that um, Marquel Broughton was providing in the last couple of years. Um, he's all over the place. He's really quick. Um, I don't think he had a sack this game, but he's definitely shown the ability to, to come on blitzes and that kind of stuff. I had somebody just text me, a friend that is an Army fan, and he said our D was finally rested as only this offense can provide. So um, – yeah, I mean when you're when you're on the field the first eight minutes on offense and your D doesn't have to get up to halfway through the first quarter and play, you know that 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 kind of helps a little bit. I think six plays in the first quarter for Coastal, something to that effect. So, Leo Lowen in the press conference said that he goes, you know, we were rested. It felt good. We felt confident because we knew the offense was out there, you know, doing it for us. And you know, they had the ball for almost forty minutes out of a, a sixty-minute game. The offense. Yeah, the defense is, is pretty well rested, and the other defense, the other offense is panicking because they know that if they give up the ball, Army's going to keep it for four or five minutes. Um, you know, more, more than that, what am I saying? Six or seven or eight minutes. Um, and it, they did almost every time, except for that one fumble, except for the fumble in the fourth quarter. Um, Army kept every, you know, they just drove and drove all over the place. Yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, game within the game psychological things that that go into uh you know like you said Seth like how offenses and defenses kind of change their their mindsets a little bit when a team's just controlling the clock um and I I don't this isn't the first game we've controlled the clock throughout the year we, we've had games where we've controlled the clock it's just the entire it's the entire thing right it's it's now this it's this unknown now it's this like you know, kind of like what uh, what Brandon talked about is like uh, you know, blast from the past kind of deal. Where now teams are like uh, like I'm I'm sure there was a point where Coastal Carolina's coaching staff was like, oh shit, like <laughs> God, like all right, like all right, we gotta get the ball back, and then they get the ball back and so, you know, they don't they don't get the ball back for eight ten minutes and like okay, like now. Like we okay, and now it's you know the, the score gets away a little bit, and coaches staff start to get like that, and it's um has a psychological effect on how coaches start calling plays, enforcing things because they have to, um in the second third order effects of it, and you know I just as I go back and I think about why, like why do we why do we go under center and it's something that we've 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 committed to this entire time where there's been plenty of opportunities to go under center and, and succeed and, and probably get a couple victories if we just kind of 
mix and match it a little bit. Why do it this week? Um, and I think it just goes back to like, coach just wanted to win, and he was going to do whatever it took to win. I don't. I, I, I get rid of Navy in two weeks. Get rid of trying to install this new offense and like we're, this is where we're going and this is our vision. I think Coach Munkin was like, Look, I'm I I want to freaking win, man. And you know what? We're gonna do whatever it takes to win. And uh, I, you know, I, I I just it it literally still blows my mind that after all, this entire season, we go against Coastal Carolina and we all of a sudden we're under center. I just like yeah. whoa. Steve, uh, to to what you were saying earlier about the defense, though, uh, all three of Coastal's touchdowns came on big plays outside the red zone. Yeah, and they, and they had another big play to put them inside the red zone, uh, which uh, Q Hammonds had the the chase down to push him out at the seventeen, and then ultimately having having to fight in that enclosed space allowed. Army's defense to be able to fight back and uh, you know ultimately get the interception in the end zone. Just uh, absolutely, just want to welcome L to the po- to the podcast uh, in our review. Huge win, Coastal not ready. Thanks, L. We got to get. I think it's a new person joining in here. Yeah, great point, Brendan, on uh, the the long plays and then the Army buckling down right. And man, we talk about. We're talking about Q Hammonds a lot toward the end of the season. I'll tell you that much. He's really his game's pretty been pretty strong. And you know what, Steve, on your um on your your take there about Coach Munkin just wanting to win, um, it's the last game for these seniors, right? These seniors have put a lot. This senior class has put in a lot into the program. They were freshmen during the COVID season, right? And some of these guys got on the field because they just didn't have enough healthy bodies in the COVID season. Some of these guys were forced to play early. Some of these guys are five-year guys who have been with the program a little longer than those freshmen in 2020. And you know what? They put a lot into this team. And I'm just going to say it right now. They deserve better this year. They deserved a little bit better than the record was this year. They're five and six. They deserved a little bit better. And Coach Munkin said, hey, sometimes our coaches did not put them in the right place to succeed. Yes, I know players have to make plays on the field. I know that that's a point. But I think that another one was that, too, was that Coach Munkin wants to send this senior class. I mean, they're all senior classes are all like unique in their own way, in their own special, in their own way to coaches. But I think maybe he also wants to send his senior class out with a good memory at Mikey, too. And by going to that offense, there you go. And then you have, you know, the offense has to do their job. The defense, when you're when you're called upon, when when you're on the field, which won't be as much as you have been, do your job and then get that boost from special teams and you win the game. So I, I think that has a lot to do. We could talk it, forever about it. It goes back to the, you know, kind of like the old saying, like, if we if we score 28 points every game, we win our records better than, you know, what it is, right? So, um, kind of like the old, the old thing was like, hey, get us, you know, defense, you know, I think for the longest time it was like, hey, defense, you hold them to 20, the offense is going to get 21. We're going to score three tugs, baby. So, hey, hold them to 20, and I, the offense will guarantee you 21. Um, so, uh, especially in, in, in the new the new day and age where there's more points scored at, at higher rates um, kind of deal. But that 
that that is kind of how I really felt like this game just kind of like it, the offense looked comfortable, um, which then fed into special teams, was fed into the defense. Yeah, again, like like I said, I honestly believe like those like really you take away those three plays, they weren't they weren't like slamming the ball and controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, ninety percent of the time our guys had eyes, feet, alignment, you know, all in the right spot. Uh, so I just um I, I just find it super interesting and you know, there might have been, I don't know, like you know, I kind of feel like uh coaches are or I, I know Coach Monk is a passionate guy. I, I, I feel like they're a little I guess at West Point it's different, but I, I kind of feel like coaches, you know, for the most part, like are about the program and less about the players, um, so to speak, like not real emotionally tied, making decisions based on players because they've got another year and another year mm-hmm. and another year to look at. Um, but I know West Point's special. I know Coach Bunkin cares about those guys. Um, it's hard not to at a place at West Point. Um but yeah, no, it's uh, they definitely, uh, they, whatever the conversation was had during that week, they made the right one and uh, look forward to how they come out against Navy for sure. Yeah, a couple quick things. Um, want to just uh, give a little bit of a shout out to senior defensive uh, lineman Nate Smith. He batted down a couple balls and that and passes in that game that were pretty key plays. He was. He's been playing banged up, I think, a lot, and give Nate Smith some credit. Also want to give uh, Mike Vitti a shout-out because uh, talking to Tyson Riley, he was saying how um, Mike Vitti was going over these plays in the uh, under-center option with uh, Jacoby Buchanan, him, and Markel Johnson that Friday night before you know the game, and if they saw certain things that Coastal was showing, here's what you guys should do or suggestions, so to speak. So, um, you know, a former fullback helping out the other – Mike Vitti's technically the offensive line coach, right? But he coached the B-backs at Army. He coached that B-back stable that had Davidson, Woolfolk, uh, Slumka, Holt, McCoy. That was his iron horses, right? They were those his, those were his iron horses. And on Saturday, I mean, maybe the 2023 version of the iron horses really came through for Army. And so just wanted to give Mike Vitti. It seemed like Coach Munkin said it was really a team um, effort by the coaches on the offensive side of the ball. Um, just everybody coming together. When you're making a, a decision like that in one week to go to something different or something that you've done before but haven't done this year, you know, it's gonna everybody has to be on board. So uh that's let's not, let's not pretend that egos didn't have to be put in check that week either. All right. Like you're you're talking about the guy you brought in to be the offensive coordinator, not calling plays on a Saturday, mm. and he's just gotta be okay with it. Um so Talk about a team win, the offensive coaches coming together. That's what I think about is like, hey, that guy was like, yep, I got a coach. Like, I'm going to do it. mentioned that. Munkin mentioned that. He yeah. said that, you know, he, 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 was, he was proud of the way he handled it, that, he, you know, he turned the duties over to somebody else. And he, you know, and it, it was a team win. You're absolutely right, Steve. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, relaying what he saw from the press box down the Whirly, who was calling the plays from the yeah. sidelines. So, um, put pretty much put a wrap on that coastal game. If you got anything else you guys would like to add on that uh, before we move on to uh, what's next? Uh, well, one thing we've been ta- uh, well, one thing we definitely talked about last week is uh, fourth downs. And Sal, you were 
you know, you were kind of harping on them to go under center uh, on fourth downs. And, uh, you know, they only had one opportunity uh, this game and uh, they didn't get it. And um, I, I think I think the problem is less with the formation and more and uh, credit to the uh, to the as for football guys. Uh, they, they mentioned this this past week. I think the problem is more just there's not really uh, they don't really have much of a wrinkle for their fourth down play calling anymore. It's 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 just like always it's always uh, you know QB power in some form or another. Whereas before it was like, well, it might be the fullback, it might be uh, the QB, you know, and uh, you know different different running lanes and and uh, all kinds of that and. I think this year it's just sort of like, all right, QB power behind zone blocking. So uh, personally, I, I wish they would have just gone for the field goal at that point in the game and and try to go up three scores, um, especially at, especially seeing uh, you know what being up three scores against Air Force did uh, psychologically. But um, you know, it's it's not my call at the end of the day. I, I agree with you, Brent. I I I was shocked that they didn't. Um, line up for the field goal. I um, because you, you you're going up 17 points. Um, I think it was early in the fourth quarter, right when this happened. Um, yeah, somewhere know, around there. Yeah, and so you know they're controlling the ball. You're up three scores. That's it's a hard. It's you know plus a, plus plus a Moretzky's been pretty money this season, and B like why not give him a live rep? You know, uh, before heading into the last game, but. Anyway, Brennan, I don't want to you know He's made seven straight field goals in service academy games. He doesn't need any live reps. Um, but why would <laughs> they why did they run that fourth down play and run it like a little bit off tackle, like you said, like zone blocking? Why don't we just run behind the center? Why don't we just run behind the center on fourth down? Enough. I'm done. That's that's all I have to say about that. So um we're moving on, you know. Hey, real quick. I was on the field for the alma mater, and before the alma mater, they could start playing the first tune of the alma mater. Coach Munkin yells to the Corps cadets, beat Navy. So here we are. Army's next opponent is Navy. And, you know, the, the best uh, college football rivalry going, right? Um, the games have been really tight, especially, wow, last year's was really a, a great game, an overtime game, double overtime game. And you know what? Navy's probably better than last year, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Um, offensively, they've been juggling around quarterbacks, and uh, we'll see who, who starts and who knows who will start against Army. They still have a game to play against SMU this week coming up. Um, but, I mean, this could be another probably low-scoring affair and probably like, you know, another uh, a fist fight in, in, in a uh, telephone booth, as I think Jeff Munkin has once referred to it. Um, but, uh what do you guys think about the, the next game coming up? It's the biggest game of the year, and with all the stakes up, Army wins, CIC Trophy comes back to West Point. So, uh, I'll, go, I'll go first. Um, uh, Navy, Navy's won the games that uh, it was supposed to win. Um, um, they lost a game to Temple that they should have won. It's the only one. Uh, the teams that are better than Navy have beaten them. Uh, their defense, like you said, the defense has been impressive. The Navy defense has been relatively impressive. They, they held a couple of games. I think they shut out two teams this year, right? Uh, this week, and I think once before, South Charlotte. Florida. And then, Charlotte. Uh, 
Yeah, okay, so maybe two or three times. So they got nice defense. Offensively, they seem to be a little bit lost. Their quarterback situation is um, is not um, as strong as it has been in the past. Um, but, um, you know, uh, they're going to be up for this game and always going to be up for this game. So who knows? It's always a great game. Yeah, real quick, we want to get to Joe Greer's comment. But first, I want to talk about Army season. We talked about this before, and maybe you guys can remember Brendan or Seth. But so they beat in, you know, we talked about they beat in UTSA, Air Force, and Coastal. If I do the quick math, I think that's uh, 24 wins for, I think, no, 23 wins combined by those teams. They're three bowl teams. I'm trying to remember the last time Army beat three bowl teams in a season. Maybe it's those 2018, 2017 teams. I want to go back and look at those those uh, schedules, but I didn't get a chance to before the podcast. But like we said, Army's had a tough schedule. They've beaten three really tough teams. Probably their best win, Air Force. There's a, a comparable opponent. So, I mean, I'm guessing, I guess, will Army be the favorite in this game? We'll see what Vegas decides. But – um. You know, I mean, it should be – it's interesting, how I think, at how Army's had, like – you know, you look at five and six, but there's a little bit – it goes a little bit deeper than five and six for the people that don't really – who are the, maybe the Navy fans or the people outside of the program that don't really follow the team as closely. One thing's for sure, uh, and that's to take the under. All right, we'll do. We'll go ahead and go with that. <laughs> um, these games are always so, uh, so good, and um, – you know, you can throw the records out, throw throw everything you want to, you know. What it's going to come down to is, right, Brandon, not turning the ball over, okay, and executing on third down. We don't turn the ball over and execute on third down offensively and defensively, and we're going to win the game. Um, and that's out of any offense we run, um, and that's against, uh, you know, any defensive set. We've got to do those two things, or really three if you count it on the defensive side of the ball as well, um, to, to ensure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to win the game. Um, I, I think just watching, a, you know, I've watched a couple Navy games and I've watched all the Army games. Uh, we're a better team than them uh, this year. And we need to go out there and act like it. We need to... We need to go out there and uh, make sure it's known early um, and set the tone. And then we need to remind them frequently throughout the game, uh, whether that's with, you know, big plays or if that's just with, like, consistent putting them in third and long situations. So um, that that's how I feel about it. I think that it's going to be a great game regardless. It's – up in, you know, death land, up in freaking <laughs> who knows? We, I don't even know where, that, I don't know where that. I've never, you know, I've, now I've been to UMass a few times. I've never been to Foxborough, but just absolutely, you know, terrible decision. I uh, hate it. And uh, I'm not going to the game because of that. Safe sold to say. Tickets, sold my tickets. Um, and I'll, you know, be watching it from. You know, my living room. Steve, I agree with you about being a bad location. I 
you know, up up there, the, the, the tradition's not there. You put it in Philly, of course, and then, and then Baltimore. And I went to the game in the Meadowlands a few years ago. Um, you're getting fans, you know, halfway, you know, coming up from Washington, coming from New York, coming from, you know, Philly. It, it, it's cool. But I, I'm concerned about whether the enthusiasm, I'm sure it's sell out, it will sell out, but the enthusiasm oh, it's, will be it's, there. It's sold out. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I mean, for, for... obviously I'm biased about Baltimore. Love the city of Baltimore, Charm City. Uh, but, God, just get – what are we doing? Take it up there. It's, like, come on. Money yeah. talk. Money talks. Um, obviously. It was almost in Dallas. It was almost in Dallas. <laughs> hey, listen, if anybody wants to, Dallas. anybody who wants to pay the money to, you know, get the core and the brigade – out to wherever they need to. I don't. I don't really care where they play it. Um, but you know, and I. I. I'm not worried about the spirit. I know the game is sold out. I know uh, grads and season ticket holders have had a, a tougher time than they've had in a long time trying to just get tickets for the game. Uh, the the secondary ticket prices are off the wall. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not worried about the stands being empty. But uh, in terms of the game, I agree with Steve. <laughs> hundred percent. And on top of that, uh, Munkin, when they, when they, uh, I think multiple times, you know, various sideline reporters asked Munkin yesterday, like why the offensive change. And he was like, we weren't scoring enough points. So clearly he's obsessing about that as I have been <laughs> that they're not scoring enough points in service Academy games and they need to do something to remedy that. And then that combined with the fact that Ken is no longer there, so Munkin no longer has any reason to play nice on behalf of his longtime friends. So whatever <laughs> whatever psychological safeties that may have been in place before, safety's off. And really, I mean, this is like I don't like this is such like this is such an important game. Like this is such an important game for recruiting and stepping on Navy's neck because they have already won <laughs> five games this season. There's a little glimmer there. You have to stomp that out. You have to take their hope from them and stomp on their necks and say, no, you're the bad team now. We're the good team. You suck. We're better than you. We're going to come back next year and be even better. You have to stomp on their throats the whole game. And I, you know, you have just like psychologically, you have to, you have to do it. You have to exercise all the demons. You have to, you know, you got to win the CIC. I mean, famously, uh, you know, everybody remembers the miracle on ice, the game against the Russians, but they still had to beat, I think it was Finland um, for the U.S. to win the gold medal in 80. And, uh, you know, for, I, I don't remember if it was before the game or in one of the intermissions, but at some point Herb Brooks addressed the team and said, boys, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your effing grave. And that's <laughs> that's like that's how I'm feeling about this game. I, I think extra motivation is – where does the trophy stay if they lose? In Colorado Springs. Oh, God. That's worse yeah. than anything because everybody hates Air Force. <laughs> so, like, it, you have a duty not only to do for Army fans, but for the rest of the world 
the nation to win this game so we can get that trophy out of Colorado Springs. Well said. Well said. Man. Man, Brendan, that was very passionate, man. That was that that got me, that got me fired up. You got me fired up there, and we're still we we got a couple weeks for this. Hey, real quick, let's just get to these comments and um, let's go right here. We talked about this before we came on, so let's hit it right now. And Navy is five and five, and will be bowl qualified with a win over SMU. If they lose, they still qualify for a bowl with a win over Army. Will the Bowls give a birth to the winner of the Army versus Navy game this year. Seth, you have a source. Tell us. I have a source. I will. Birdie has talked to me and said that if Navy loses to SMU, they'll be five and six. Both teams will be five and six going into the game. And that um, either CBS or ESPN, I think it's ESPN, uh, but it could be CBS, uh, wants the Army-Navy game then to be a, a, a play-in game for a bowl uh, a bowl berth for both teams. Now, for Navy, for Navy, they would qualify uh, normally. The only problem is that all the bowl berths go out um, the week before the Army Navy game, so they're going to have to reserve a spot, and that kind of makes sense. If they excuse me, reserve a spot for the Army Navy winner. They can say you're playing, you know, Maryland or you know Missouri. I don't know anybody, um, uh, and the winner of this game plays them. Uh, otherwise, there's a chance if SMU beats Navy, and even if Navy beats Army, which we hope doesn't happen, um, that they will not get in because all the bowl bids might be given. So there's a chance here that this this makes a little bit of sense. And also, also um, Army and Navy do very well on TV ratings, it's national teams. And um, I'm sure they want Army, Navy, and Air Force to be in bowl games as, as much as possible. Doesn't make that much of a difference, but it makes a difference. Um, and, um, you know, it'd be interesting if this is hopefully the case, um, it's good for Army because they don't really qualify, even if they do beat Navy, because they have the two FCS, FCS games. You only ought to have one per year. And uh, this will be the this, this year will be the end of that with us going into the uh, the American next year. I assume they're not going to play two FCS teams and their, their other non non conference games. So um, it'll be interesting if this is the case. And it, they'll be talking about it the whole time. The the announcers during the game will say, not only is this the Army Navy game and you know bragging rights, but the winner gets to go play in the whatever bowl it might be, um, the Armed Forces Bowl. Army seems to go there quite a bit or, or something like that. Um, so it, 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 it'll make it pretty exciting. It'll, make, it'll add to the excitement. It's exciting anyhow. It'll add to the excitement. All we need is some snow now, and um, it'll oh, make yeah. it even more exciting. Hey, real quick, uh, L says, does Air Force have to fly the CIC trophy out to Boston so it's on uh, on its station when we joust that bad boy? Space A flight. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be there. The CIC trophy is going to be there because yeah. Wins. I, I think. I. I. I think. It, I think as long as it's in play, they like it has to be on site. You know. Yeah. It will just, be just in case. Um. Because no, I think it'll be a hundred percent at Foxborough. Because I. Because I. Rem, I. I remember it was. I was there. Like I remember the trophy was there in 2017. I can't remember if both teams. Uh. Had had won a previous leg coming into that, or not? But yeah, I think it has to be there. Yeah, I think that 2017 Army beat uh, Air Force already. 
So that gate that meant that that meant that that uh, Navy Air Force Navy Army Navy game probably would have determined the winner. Probably, yeah. I'm not sure what Navy did. Um, real quick, uh, L says we need to lobby hard to ensure JMU and Jacksonville uh, State don't snake Army's five win ball bid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but Sal, I think. Go ahead. Sal, I, uh, so I think you and I are in agreement in terms of talking about Army's bowl chances that, like, listen, they lost to UMass at home. I- I'm not sifting through APRs and all that. Um, now, if it happens to work out at the end of the day after Championship Sunday and the, and the you know, playoff uh, slots have all been decided, if, if it just so happens that, like, there's a way where somebody can – create that sort of a play in birth that Seth Mendelson, I'm a hundred percent for it, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, what can you do? Like, uh, you know, army knew the game coming into the season. They knew, they knew how many they had to beat against who. And um, you know, they just, they, they haven't gotten it done. So would it be great though, to get one extra game? Of course it would. Of course it would be for 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 all of the reasons for for, think about, for hey, the program think for about practice, seniors, guys. Think about the seniors, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just ahead, I'm Steve. just I'm just saying I'm not I'm not going to do any speculative legwork on my on my end. If it happens, no. great. If not, the then way, it doesn't yeah, happen. You know, the, to Seth's point, I think the only way truly it happens is if. There is an open slot that somebody does not have a claim to, um, where there's just not enough six and six teams. There's no way. I don't care what any rating. I don't care what any ratings say uh, that if Army beats Navy and there's a team that has earned a bowl bid, I don't care what anybody says. They're going to give it the team that earned it. It's not going to be. They're not just going to be like, oh, Army trumps you because they. They travel better, or they get better ratings. So, yeah, um, Brendan, you hit it right on well, the head. We'll with see me. what happens. I just, yeah. I, just, I just don't think that you know they haven't had a bowl season, in my opinion. Army, yeah, they beat three really good teams, but they this it doesn't seem like a bowl season to me. Yeah, if they, if they win the CIC, then we'll see. You know, then then if there's openings and Seth's sources are correct, then that's a bowl season in itself, baby. That's uh, true. Right now they're exactly. one and zero in bowls. Steve, they're one and zero in bowl games right now. They beat Air Force, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think I talked about this the last time they're on. I mean, in terms of CIC standings, I think Air Force has won it twenty-one times. Uh, Navy's won it sixteen. Army's won it nine times. Like, the, like there the, there's your work to be done. You know. Yeah. <laughs> God, I mean. bowls 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 are a nice you know. Sunday, you know, or, or cherry on top of the Sunday, whatever better for you want. But um, I think compared, I think super, I think compared to beating your big rivals, yeah, um, super easy statement. Okay, would you rather win the CSC or go to a bowl game? All right, it's over. Win the CSC, no question. Yeah, ninety nine percent probably would say yeah. CSC. Yes, and this year they could possibly do both. Who knows? <laughs> uh, All right. uh, real, real, real quick. quick. This is our last. We'll get out after this. Um, Brendan, did you see the tease today with the uniforms? Uh, I did. Uh, I, I think I'm probably horribly wrong in my my own prediction of uh, Teddy Roosevelt tribute uniforms. <laughs> um, 
But uh, I, I will say, kind of the 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 consensus I saw online was a lot of people. A lot of people were throwing out third infantry division. It looks like that might be the case. Um, so, uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's always uh, it's always an exciting day when when that hype video goes up online. What, what's up, Steve? Third ID, Rock of the Mar is my first unit I served in. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, Navy, I think, is revealing their uniforms tomorrow. So I don't know when Army will reveal theirs. Uh, it's probably either tomorrow or Tuesday, probably, be before the holiday. We'll see. Uh, looking forward to that. But, guys, oh, thanks boy. so much. Yeah, for, I, can't, uh, I can't wait to see what pajamas Under Armour has come up this year for Navy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I you know, agree they, with you. Real quick, they say in the Army Navy game, right? Army never loses a march on, right? They never lose a march on. They, I don't think they've ever lost a jersey. You know, a, the Jersey Wars there, if you want to call them the Jersey Wars. I think Army's always had the better uniforms. Navy will claim they had the better helmets when they had the ships on the helmets or something like that. I don't know. No. Those were those were not very appealing. No, I mean the 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 last the last time both schools looked good was. Um, when both schools were under contract with Nike, because mm. I think Nike was able to essentially plan out both sides. Yeah. Um, but then Navy went to Under Armour, and then you know Nike started getting more involved with the history department at West Point, and it's just to me, it's just been like <laughs> a one hundred percent landslide ever since. Pretty much, pretty much. Guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Pretty engaged conversation. We appreciate all the comments. Check out Black Knight Nation. We have Seth Mendelson's game story. Tons of photos by Lynn Firm from the Coastal Carolina uh, game. A senior day uh, photo gallery I just put up. I'm going to write something on Tyson Riley. we got to keep the copy going, even though Army's not going to play a game for a couple weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the stories going, maybe throw Seth a couple uh, stories on alums and uh, maybe try to get some alums on here to talk about the Army-Navy game. Uh, coming up too. Steve, Brendan, Seth, thanks so much, and we'll see you guys soon. Be nice.